Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. The Energy Matters to You podcast seek to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. Well, great to be back with uh, Energy Matters to You. Leo Ryan here, Ron Galuli. Ron? Nice to be with you on our, our podcast. Good morning, Leo. It's always good to see you. And again, virtually, and hopefully soon, we'll be out meeting customers again. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's a little bit going on like that. I'm, get, I'm getting out a little bit, and uh, they're, they're opening up a little bit. But uh, you know, clearly, we're not at the levels that we were at in terms of office occupancy or activity as we had before the pandemic. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be uh, several months. Hopefully, I'm optimistic for springtime, things will get better. Yeah, good, good. How about you? Have you uh, you been on the surfboard at all? Uh, I may go tomorrow. Yeah, wow. up in uh, New Hampshire. So it looks like a little ocean storm off the coast, and uh, mm. it's not going to be that cold. So awesome, <laughs> beautiful. Well, listen, we have got a, we got a great guest with us today. We have Ed Barth, uh, Ed Bartholomew from uh, Bartholomew Lighting, and uh, I know that you've bumped into him in a, in a couple of different capacities over the years. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, Edward started at National Grid after I left, and um, we worked with Edward on a number of performance, they call them performance lighting projects, the more complicated lighting projects with network controls and custom lighting projects over the years when he was at National Grid. Excellent. Ed, welcome to Energy Matters to you. Good to have you. Thank you, Leo. Thank you, Ron. Thanks for having me. That's great. So it's uh, it's always good to have a, a new guest on. I, I thank you for listening to some of the podcasts. Anything that you picked up in, the, in <laughs> as you were listening to them? I just realized how knowledgeable you guys are on so many aspects of energy, which um, it's impressive. Your your questions are very deep and very insightful. So oh, yeah. thanks for saying that. I think that, Ryan, yeah, that's we, our host. Yeah, that's, that's our, our main host. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah uh, we had two objectives in doing these podcasts. One is uh, Ron and I just like hanging out together. So by having these in the calendar, <laughs> we had a chance to hang out together. And then the other thing is like we we meet people in the trade that we like. And uh, you know, we want to find ways to help promote the work that they're doing and help them with that. And we found that the, the podcasts are a nice way for people to tell their story. So today's your day to tell your story. That's great. I appreciate that. So, so uh, lighting is the focus. And curious to, to know a little bit about the path that got you, got you here. Tell us a little bit about, about your background. Sure. Well, I have actually 30 years of lighting design experience. So I studied lighting at Parsons School of Design. It's actually the only... Uh, college that actually teaches lighting design in the country. Um, got my master's there and went off and did lighting design, working for several firms. So that means I was doing lighting for buildings, designing lighting for a, a range of buildings from courtrooms to, uh, you know, street lights to a range of different type of projects. So, and I did that in the San Francisco Bay Area. And after that, I also um, moved on to uh, work in other capacities. When I I got, uh, I moved to the Massachusetts. Actually, I moved to Seattle before that. And so I worked at a major firm in, in Seattle and learned a lot. What was great about Seattle is that I had a chance to teach. And so I was teaching lighting and practicing lighting design. And that was a great combo for me. Um, and then I moved to Massachusetts and uh, worked at National Grid and they hired me as a commercial lighting program manager. So they took my experience as a lighting person and as an educator and we combined that to generate policy that would 
promote quality lighting outcomes for these projects, as well as figuring out ways to bring in as much lighting energy savings as we could uh, for the program. And during the time I was there, uh, due to a number of circumstances, uh, we actually, uh, lighting became the dominant source of energy savings for National Grid. That's a great point. Yeah. So tell us about 30 years around the trade and, 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 and seeing it from different perspectives. I'm curious to know uh, what you've seen in terms of evolution in lighting technology. Tell us a little bit about the, the broad strokes of uh, how lighting has evolved. Well, there's two things that happened. Um, first, um, clearly energy became a, a major story that was happening and, and sustainability was really a, a huge effort that was happening in Seattle, in the in Seattle area. So I was working uh, along those paths and including daylight. So learning a lot about how to incorporate daylight into buildings, which is a great way to create healthy spaces that that people really enjoy and that they, they, they welcome and enjoy being in. But then a, a huge technology shift happened toward LEDs. I started in LEDs in 1999, trying to sell LEDs, because I thought it was the, the I thought it was a revolution in technology that will change lighting. I was way ahead, ahead of the curve. The first time I'd ever been ahead of the curve. <laughs> I wish I had invested ahead of the curve, but I I had no idea. Uh, returning back to 2006, it has kept showing up. So LEDs matured very rapidly. And, and I would say from 2012 on, they accelerated. So by the time I got to National Grid, I was watching the acceleration of LEDs being adopted by the marketplace. One of the things that happened, it was a wild west. People didn't have any standards. There's a lot of crappy LEDs out there. So the organization called the Design Lights Consortium was able to create standards, requirements that actually corralled the wild west, made LEDs a lot have a lot better quality, uh, be a lot more reliable. And so they became a better way that utilities can rely upon to achieve energy savings. It wasn't such a risky um, value proposition for, for folks because LEDs actually at the time cost a lot more. Well, the pl prices also plummeted as well and they become the dominant light source. So, um, so all of those things happened all at the same time through my s seven years at National Grid and watching all that happen and managing that. Okay, good. So you've got these perspectives, you got some some time inside the, the big house where Ron was there for almost 20 years. Um, tell us about uh, Bartholomew Lighting. Uh, what, wh who, who's your target market? What are you doing? Uh, give us a little background on, on, on where you see yourself in the sure. marketplace. In my time at National Grid, one of the things that I, I looked at is that there's a lot of lighting retrofit projects that were going on but a lot of them were not paying attention to the right things. And energy clearly is the subject of your, 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 your podcast, but energy as a exclusive focus on lighting really narrows the, the value proposition of what lighting can do. So I identified that at National Grid. So in starting my own firm, um, what I wanted to do is go after those projects that look beyond energy, where energy is an important part of the project but there's other aspects that are clearly more important for this incredibly important building system. So I look at the value proposition, looking at um, the photobiological aspects of lighting and how it can entrain circadian systems for the occupants and help people become more alert and alive in these spaces and sleep better. Uh, we of course look at how does the lighting render the space and make spaces better so that people can navigate them, but also understand spaces. Um, clearly hitting targets. And what I was really surprised at at National Grid 
is that none of the contractors had a light meter. Like they never measured lighting. They looked at the energy and they did a kind of a rule of thumb, but they never looked at really what was being delivered as far as lighting, or they didn't pay as much attention as I thought they should. So in one of the programs that I created at National Grid that I am employing now at Bartholomew Lighting is called High Performance Lighting um, Program. And so it really pays attention to how you uh, deliver the lighting, but also the energy savings and you're using code as a baseline. So understanding code has been really important. And then finally, one thing at Bartholomew, what I noticed that a lot of projects didn't have was controls and how to integrate controls into lighting uh, projects so that customers can get the full value from their lighting investment and be able to control them, but also we could right size the lighting for the space. So you weren't over lighting. Perfect. That's great. And um, I, I want to spend some time, spend some time on the, the utilities role in this, but I think that uh, you've called out some really interesting, an interesting perspective that Bartholomew's bringing to lighting, which has more to do with just the energy component. You, know, you mentioned the circadian rhythms and, um, well, I'll, I'll just ask the question right now before we discuss the utility issues, but um, the pandemic has created a, a, an area where, where lighting is a potential source for controlling the virus in spaces. I want to speak to what kind of questions are you getting and, and how can you help in institutions in that area? The pandemic is, is really going to change the way we look at office space. Uh, many of us are, are working from home as I look at you guys and your Zoom <laughs> backgrounds, you know. Home is, is very comfortable. There's a lot of things that we like and safe. So how do we create office spaces that are also safe for people? One of the ways that people are looking at is germicidal UV and utilizing, uh, deploying UV light into spaces that can kill viruses, germs, fungi, all those things uh, in the air and on surfaces. So lighting turns out to be the best way to deploy uh, UV um, UV light or UV spectrum into the space. And so that's something we've been looking at um, as well as coordinating with HVAC um, systems. Those are the two best ways to really uh, kind of deactivate the virus. You can't kill a virus because it's not alive, but also kill germs and fungi within those spaces. We want to give people confidence that they could go back to their office space and that'll be safe for them to go. Um, we, yesterday was one of the highest death rates for COVID over 4,000 people passed away. Uh, this is frightening and people don't really wanna go out and be into these environments. So we wanna give them that confidence that they feel comfortable and safe going back. So Edward, um, one, you touched on a point with regard to the utilities and providing incentives for lighting. And I know we've talked about this before, but they seem to be struggling with two pathways and they're in conflict with each other. So they have the upstream, which is the quick counter top type sale with a basic LED lighting versus the fully network controls and the balance between striving for energy savings to hit, you know, aggressive goals versus proper lighting design. Um, are, they, are they trying to balance that out a little better going forward? It's challenging. I, I would say that quick and easy has always been upstream. Upstream has been so lucrative for them. And, uh, has gotten them easy savings. Unfortunately, especially in Massachusetts, or fortunately, their success has actually driven down the opportunity. So the, all the low-hanging fruit is gone. They've saturated the market with tubes and other cheap fixtures that can achieve those savings. And customers are less reluctant to go back and replace those with 
better quality fixtures and better quality designs. And controls are off the table. So once you've replaced that tube, you're not going to add controls. You simply cannot make the value proposition. It won't, it won't pencil out. Uh, the ROI won't work. So utilities have had to really rethink and look from the beginning of how do we approach customers and do a comprehensive approach to lighting as opposed to one-for-one -one type of approach. And that's where the performance lighting program really helped um, force customers so they could see the dollar um, the ROI actually for doing a comprehensive was actually quite strong and they were getting more value from doing a comprehensive lighting uh, approach and redesign. And that's exactly the sweet spot that Bartholomew Lighting is approaching. It's really providing good design uh, for projects. Um, right now we're looking at a project in Rhode Island um, and it, it's great because we're able to impact a, a public space that really needs good design. They want to do the right thing. And so we're going to make it an iconic building looking at the facade so that people can celebrate that building but utilize quality lighting and reduce the energy use so all of those things and suddenly the public has a space to go to and to celebrate so those are those are win-wins when we could do all of those things together so it, oh I'm sorry Leo I just have one follow add on to that it seems like the uh, the pandemic um, offers unique opportunities for them as well because the office environment is changing. Um, so it seems like there's even more of a need for network controls with that office environment changing as a result of the pandemic. Yeah, I agree. And, and one of the things we can look at is we can determine through controls and through sensors that are embedded in the lighting, you know, what, what is the uh, capacity? To, how many people are in those rooms? You know, how, how do we uh, determine that, set off alert alerts, letting people know, hey, there's too many people gathered or, you know, making sure. One thing that uh, German Central UV can do is actually increase the quality of the air within that space. So so you can increase the capacity within that space and things like that. So, and studies after studies have shown that air quality actually improves pr productivity and all these wonderful things. Schools, schools are critical and parents really care about their kids. So ways that lighting can improve outcomes for uh, test scores and alertness, uh, modifying behavior. Lighting research has shown confidently that lighting can do that. Well-planned lighting can actually impact that. And so the more that parents know that and more that school administrators understand that, the more that that investment in lighting becomes more about or less about energy. Energy is important and operational stuff is important but outcomes becomes much more important. That's great, good point, Edward. Edward, tell us about uh, who, the, who the target audience, who does uh, um, Bartholomew Lighting best serve? Where are they in the decision cycle? What kind of institution or buildings do they have? Maybe um, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, when, when was the last lighting install or upgrade done? Be curious to know that. So one of the markets that I really wanna go after that I mentioned schools is I, I love going after public spaces. Um, I think we could have such a huge impact. And when I was at National Grid, I was, it broke my heart when I saw people doing fairly poor design and giving it to schools and maybe replacing tubes and doing the least amount of work. So public spaces is one of the first places I wanna look at, both um, schools, um, uh, government facilities, um, even industrial spaces. I think those really get underserved in, in providing good quality, uh, lighting and creating a good visual environment for people to work and 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 to be productive. Uh, office spaces, absolutely. I think those are also very important. 
institutional spaces, looking at um, colleges and universities, impacting them and, and having an ongoing relationship with them to influence their choices as they expand or they, of course, they're going to be remodeling a lot of spaces due to the pandemic. Uh, being able to influence that, especially the lighting that's going into those spaces is going to be key as well. So I give you a range, but I tell you, uh, I tell you what I'm not interested in. I'm not interested in high-end commercial. That's, that's cute. That's nice. But I'm not that interested in that because I think those folks can afford to have a good, you know, substantial designer do whatever they need to do. And that's great. But I, I don't think that I want to have a greater impact on a greater amount of people. And, and, and so um, uh, doing a, a lawyer's office lobby is not going to excite me. Doing a hospital, a clinic, that excites me. And that's, that's the mm. stuff that I really want to go after. So it's kind of a combination of what I love and also where I can have the greatest impact. Beautiful. Well said. Good. Ron, anything else before we let uh, Edward go? No, here? We, we look forward to working with Edward in our day-to-day -day business here because I think our, uh, there's some synergies in the services we provide as a facilitator of the energy efficiency programs and what Edward is uh, providing as a service as well. I want to tease Ron because I, I, I was trying to bring him in a horticulture for so long. <laughs> and uh, I think, did you get some horticulture projects out of that? We've gotten a few, yeah. That's good. Yep. Yep. <laughs> that was, again, a lighting as a process. Who would have thought? You know? And it was such a, an emerging market that I tried to get people ahead of it as much as possible to identify that. So now that I'm on the other side, I can now look at horticulture from a different way and see how I could contribute in that area as well. That's beautiful. Well, that's great. So Edward Bartholomew, Bartholomew Lighting, so glad you were, uh, took time to be part of uh, Energy Matters to you. We'll be uh, watching out for you. Wish Thank you the greatest success. And if we can help Thank you, Leo. Know. Thank you, Ron. Thanks for having me on your, your podcast. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Pleasure. Well, that's all for Energy Matters to you. We'll be back in next month with an, another edition. And Ron, anything else you want to mention before we close no, out? We're always looking for uh, new guests and potential sponsors. So please lead, reach out to Leo or, or me and uh, we can get you on the show or uh, have you as a sponsor. Beautiful. As we always say, there's, there's work to be done. Go make a difference. Thanks for listening to Energy Matters to you.